I'm Jared. And I'm Eric. And you are listening to the Ascend Podcast, where college and university leaders, thinkers, and innovators come to learn practical and proven strategies for improving retention rates, graduation rates, and overall student success. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, welcome back to another episode of Ascend. We're happy to have you with us. My name's Eric, and joining me as always is Jared. Today we're going to talk about uh, one of our big aha moments, and we're going to take a trip down memory lane as we reminisce on, on what this aha moment was and how it forever shifted the way we approach retention. Jared, set the stage for what caused this aha moment. Why why were we sitting in our offices late at night? What were we hoping to accomplish? Yeah, well, I remember sitting in the office digging over years of data on our you know retention and graduation and persistence trying to figure out why are students leaving the institution you know i think we were doing some wonderful things we have incredible staff and faculty on our campus but for whatever reason we weren't uh, retaining students at the rate that we thought we could or should and so we decided okay well let's find out and we literally uh, you'll recall you remember sitting in offices at night calling student after student after student who had left our institution and having really good candid conversations with them, um, asking them, why did you leave the university? And what was interesting about that is, you know, we could have simply just sent out a survey and asked, but <clears throat> we wanted to get at the deeper reasons why. And being able to ask those follow-up questions on the phone proved to be a really valuable experience. Yeah, it was extremely valuable. For example, if a student was leaving for financial reasons, we could dive a little deeper and maybe it was they lost a job, maybe it was financial constraints at home, whatever. And that, that helped really fine-tune the, these, these categories. Now, through these conversations, we found that there were seven big reasons students left. Um, walk us through these seven reasons. Some of them may not come as a surprise to some of our listeners. Some you may see on your own campuses. But this was important for us because this was really the first time as an institution we had concrete data as to why exactly students were leaving our institution. Right. And so the seven reasons why that we always talk about, and I think most people on our staff could probably recite these from memory, but um, the seven reasons not in any particular order were these. One, that students told us they left for health reasons or basic needs challenges. Uh, when it was health related, it was almost exclusively mental health. We know that students left us for left the institution for financial reasons. That wasn't surprising. Uh, we know that they also left because they said it was hard to find a job that paid enough money. You know, we're in a smaller rural setting. Our community is is not paying an hourly wage like some of the larger, more metropolitan areas. We know that students left for, or they told us they left because of distractions outside of the classroom, life outside of the classroom, uh, whether that would be roommate issues or maybe it was a family issue back home or some distraction. We know that they uh, left because they felt like they never really fit in, never really belonged here at the institution. Uh, sixth reason would be that they left for poor academic performance, they told us. But when we dug into that more deeply, it never was really a cognitive uh, shortfall. It was mostly that they either lacked motivation or 
an inability to manage their time. Time management, of course, was a big challenge. And the seventh being that students left because we, we didn't offer the right major that they wanted to study. And what was so interesting, though, is how many students said, yeah, I left because you didn't offer X major. But what's funny is now I've changed majors back to something else that we actually offer. So um, that was a hard one to control. Yeah, as I look back on, on these phone calls that we were making and how it launched the next seven years of, of what, we, what we did and what we were able to accomplish, this data, again, one, it was the first time we actually had some concrete data as to why students were leaving. The second benefit that this caused or provided is it allowed us to hone in on seven areas that we needed to tackle. And it allowed us to then advocate with the data for additional resources or at least uh, where we need to provide our energy. But the third thing that this data caused leading up to our aha moment is after we talked to the students and dove into why they were leaving and, and took a little deeper look, we would always ask the students out of curiosity, why didn't you get help? Why didn't you look for help? Why didn't you ask for help? And in a heartbreaking way, student after student would tell us things such along, along the lines of, I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know where to go for help. I didn't know who to ask. And this was pretty eye-opening to us because while we felt we had a lot of things in place already to help students, we recognized, one, they probably weren't targeted enough, but more importantly, they probably didn't have the right heart or motive behind that. So talk about how this aha moment of, of realizing that students were walking out our door how did that impact the way we approach some of the things that, that we eventually did? Yeah, so this was really surprising to us, right? Because millennial students or Gen X students uh, and going back before that, the boomers, right? When they ran into a challenge, they would advocate for themselves. They would go and figure out how to get the help they needed. And so I remember looking at us at each other saying, this is a totally different crop of students. You know, you need to bear in mind, this was six, seven, eight years ago, but we were learning at that moment, boy, we have a whole new crop of students that are coming to campus and they are engaging with us very differently, interacting with us very differently. And so we just, we determined in that moment that we have to create deeper, authentic relationships with our students so that they feel safe asking for support and help because otherwise they're going to just call mom and dad and say, oh, I'm struggling with this. And then they would head home or whatever, or stop out. This is why we launched our parent and family services office to educate our parents on all the campus resources and to partner with them on our student success or their student success. And so that the parents could answer questions. This is why we shifted our academic advising model from being kind of your traditional historical course schedulers to these holistic student success coaches. This is why we launched our peer mentoring program, hoping that students will feel more comfortable going to one of their peers to ask questions. In the end, we challenged all the staff on campus, all the faculty who work here to build connections with students and to get to know them on an authentic basis in hopes that there would at least be one person on our campus that when they were struggling, they would say to themselves, gosh, this, you know, this stinks. I'm struggling. But if I go to Eric, he'll know how to help me. He may not know the exact answer, but he'll at least know how to help. Yeah. And this, this also provided 
the way we treated each of these areas or, or the culture we tried to create. And we'll, we'll talk about these th- throughout the podcast, but we became more intrusive. We became more proactive. We became more holistic. We became more student-centered as opposed to, to a group or, or, or trying to fit a 30,000-foot view model. We became very uh, individualized in our approach. So this, these nights of phone calls led to a lot of different things, but it forever shifted the way we would approach any new initiative, any new resource, any new employee that we were able to get or hire a position we were able to create had this different focus based on this unique generation stemming from an, an evening on the phone. Yeah. And so as we work through this issue with other campuses, oftentimes they'll say things to us like, well, so do you still collect the data? How are you doing it today? Yeah. And we, we still do. We, we've been able to shift from not having to sit on the phone in the evenings and make phone calls uh, to a withdrawal coordinator. And we'll talk a lot about that withdrawal coordinator later, but this individual meets with every student who is leaving our institution and provides us with just-in-time data as far as the demographics of the student, but also why is the student leaving. And this is connected to a dashboard that all of us have access to. So we can see uh, the ebbs and flows and we can see the cause and effect on certain things that, that may happen and lead to different withdrawals and also start looking for patterns of when are the high high withdrawal seasons, if you will, weeks, days, when are the low ones to then go back and cater some of our campaigns that we've talked about and some of our other outreach and initiatives to make sure we're offsetting these these unique pushes or, or heavier with withdrawals. Right. And just as an example of how that plays out, you know, we saw that finances or knew that finances was a big part of a of a big challenge for our students and a re- top reason, one of the top reasons why they were leaving. And so we launched our financial wellness initiative and we hired three full-time staff to work with students on their finances. And to this is separate from financial aid. These are full-time individuals who coach students on budgets and working through how to pay for things and to seek out more scholarships and all these sorts of things. And as a result of that effort, finances as a reason for students withdrawing has actually gone down in our list. Another being mental health challenges. We knew that students were leaving for mental health issues. We've significantly ramped up our mental health resources on our campus, and we've seen that as a reason for withdrawal dropping down and down our list. So this has been a fabulous uh, focus point for us or focal point for us on our campus, and I think it's incredibly valuable and and really important for for institutions to dig into the reasons why students leave, but most importantly, to build relationships with students so that they'll come to a faculty member, a staff member, whomever else before hitting eject from the institution. Yep. The data is crucial. Start with the data, but then make sure that it's followed with the heart or the why or the how as to what you're going to do with that data. So thanks for joining us on this episode of Ascend. We appreciate you being here. We look forward to having you back next week with a new episode. Until then, take care. You've been listening to the Ascend podcast. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, we hope you'll give us a like on your preferred listening platform and leave us a review. We also would invite you to connect with us on LinkedIn by simply searching for us, Jared Tippett and Eric Kirby, where we would love to continue discussing today's topic with you. And for more practical and proven strategies, just like the one you learned about today, check out our book, Ascend to Higher Retention Rates, Practical Strategies for Increasing Student Retention, Completion, and Student Success, which can be purchased on Amazon.com or on our website, www.tippetskirby.com. 
We'll be back again soon with another podcast. Until then, keep on raging.